From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. Today, I'm joined by four guests for a panel discussion on nonprofits in Pittsburgh. So Williams, the CEO of Hearth, Sally Powers, the founder and executive director of Treasure House Fashions, Tom Baker, the executive director of North Hills Community Outreach, and Jim Bolts, the president of the Pittsburgh North Chamber of Commerce. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Our pleasure. The past few years have been transformative for organizations of all types. Tom, what is an example of new creative ways that you're reaching out and impacting the local community that you weren't previously engaged with pre-pandemic? Well, thanks again for having us, Abby. North Hills Community Outreach has stepped up to the plate in a really brave way, uh, showing great valor, both our staff and volunteers. Uh, Our organization has never shut down. Uh, In fact, we changed the way that some of our pantries were distributed so that we could still get food and other supplies uh, to our clients on a regular basis and have kept going all the way through the pandemic. Uh, We had to be creative. We had to think of new ways to provide the best possible services uh, for our clients in a way that was safe for everyone involved. Uh, But really the staff, the volunteers have done an incredible job uh, to help over 3,000 clients per year with over 30,000 total services through North Hills Community Outreach. I'm just incredibly proud of our team. And Jim, what do you think? Thanks, Abby. You know, I think I need to get back to the beginning of the pandemic because that's when it all started. And I think we were thrown into a role that everybody else was too. We didn't know what to do, what direction to go. Everything had changed on what we had done. So the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, we sat there and we looked at what was happening in the community. And I don't know about anybody else, but my inbox, my emails was just filling right up. And it was all duplications, triplications of all the same thing. So um, we looked at that and said, you know what, that's not productive. And we really need to join forces with a lot of other nonprofits and organizations in the area and put out one message. And so we did that. We reached out to the Beaver County Chamber, the Butler County Chamber, Butler County uh, Community Development, Cranberry Township, and a number of other organizations and put together a tri-county collaborative. and. From that, we put out one message and, you know, everything came from us. And and bottom line is the good that happened with the pandemic was that it brought a lot of organizations together. And so now that relationship that started two years ago with the beginning of the pandemic has now developed where we're doing a lot more things together. We're doing a lot more things, which gives us uh, more uh, bang for our buck, more power in, in the things that we do. Looking towards the future, what innovative ideas are you hoping to implement to serve the community better? Marissa, can you chime in? Sure, and thank you again for having me. Um, so when you think about where we are right now, there's a term um, that I learned recently. Um, and when you think about the space that we're in, and it's called VUCA, right? And so VUCA stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And I think that 
where everyone was pre-pandemic, uh, we were thinking, oh, this will be over in two weeks and we'll be right back to where we're going to be. Two years later, we're still trying to figure this thing out. And so one of the things that Hearth did, we had to be really intentional about how we show up as humans, but in a digital way because we couldn't come together. And so we took the time to rebrand and rework our website to make sure that our clients could find us because we were struggling to locate and have clients locate us um, during that pandemic. And so being really intentional about the look and feel of our digital home was the way in which we made sure that our clients could find us, one, in a safe way, um, and two, that all of our digital assets on that website have the look and feel of are our clients and they understand it. Sometimes as nonprofits, we speak nonprofit language and we get it, but the people that we're serving don't necessarily understand it. And so we took a real strategic look at how do we come across to the people that we're serving and make sure that they continue to be the priority. Epic was incredibly challenging for communications. Jim, do you have an example of creative ways that the chamber was reaching out to members during this time? Sure, absolutely. You know, um, if you look at what happened, and, and, and again, we're a very active chamber and we have a lot of meetings and we really try to connect our members. And all of a sudden, at the beginning of the pandemic, that was all thrown out the window. And I think there were technologies like Zoom, like this, that we all knew about, but we were afraid to go there. And this kind of pushed us in that direction to, to really get us involved in the digital world things that we knew, but we were afraid of and said, no, we're more comfortable here. So from that, we were able to, to take some of our in-person meetings and make them virtual meetings, um, including our board meetings. You know, we're a nonprofit too. We have monthly board meetings. Our, our board members are not working out of one building. You know, there are different companies and different nonprofits spread out across our footprint. So by having the Zoom technology and those things, we were able to bring everybody together and, and, and meet and continue our function uh, just like we did before the pandemic. Abby, I'd like to just chime in and give a big uh, a vote of confidence and thanks to Jim and his team at the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber. Uh, we started during the, the pandemic, uh, Nonprofits North, of which North Hills Community Outreach, Hearth and Treasure House Fashions are all part of it. It's a great way for our sector, which is the second biggest sector uh, in this chamber, uh, to really connect. Uh, we've had 13 sessions so far. Uh, about half have been in person, half have been in vir a virtual format, and they've been wonderful for us to talk about strategies, to figure out ways to collaborate and not compete. The innovation of our sector has been really strong, and through partnerships like the ones that our organizations have that are on your show here today, we've been able to do even more good for our customers, clients, and everyone that we serve in uh, the, the region. I, I would just chime in on that too and say that the collaboration that has resulted from this whole time has been phenomenal. Uh, I think that we've found strength in the relationships that we have built over the years that you know you can trust somebody. And I know for Treasure House, we're a nonprofit women's resale shop. We, I had agencies contacting me in the midst of the shutdown and saying uh, women were just released from prison. 
they don't have clothing. When you're arrested, you go in in the clothes you're arrested and you come out in those same clothes, even if it's a different season and you're a different size. And so they would say these women were just released from prison because it was not a safe place for them to be because of the potential spread. And so they needed to have clothing for them to wear right away. So we came into the lockdown shop. We did virtual shopping for them. Like you said, innovative ways of having to address the same things, had bags that we had special delivery for then. But one thing that kind of surprised me, and and uh, when we did reopen, the first people that came to our shop were elderly women. Hmm. And I thought, you're the most vulnerable. Why would you be coming to our store? But they had felt so isolated. They felt so alone. And so as much as we have appreciated the Zoom technology and having that degree of connectedness, there is nothing like being in person. And there's nothing like having that human connection. And I would have women come in the very early stages of reopening saying, can I just hang out with you? Can I just be here? And some even daring to say, would you give me a hug? Because they felt so isolated in that time. But the collaboration that we've continued to develop, the collaboration that we've had in trusting one another, like you said, not competition. This is linking arms solidly and saying, you have this and I need it. And can you help me with that? That's the kind of thing that has been exceedingly powerful that we've all grown from in this season. For good reason, economic inequalities between men and women has been an issue that has been put into the spotlight in recent years. Marissa, in what ways does empowering women improve creativity and innovation within business? So I love this question and I put a little bit of a different spin on it. So something that I um, heard at a conference years ago, and I think Tom is familiar with Candy Castleberry Singleton. Um, and so she has this analogy around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so when you think about how you make chocolate milk, everybody's been able to do it, right? And you have the cup, you have the milk, which is white, you have the chocolate. When you put the chocolate in the milk, where does all the chocolate go? I'm not a science major, but it's heavier than the milk. So it goes straight to the bottom, right? And so you have diversity right there in that cup. There's two different sources um, in that, that cup, but the inclusion comes in when you take that straw and you stir it up. And so now the dimensions of diversity in all the ways that we show up, not only race, and gender are throughout that entire cup. And that is what the true essence of diversity and inclusion looks like. And so when you make sure that you have women, you have people of color, you have different abilities at the table, it's critically important to make sure that you do that because your business is more competitive, it's more profitable, you're having better conversations, and there's more cultural awareness at the table. And so coming into many nonprofit organizations as a black woman under the age of 40, um, typically I'm the only one. And so it's critically important that we embrace all the ways that make us different um, and make sure that we're currently elevating others that look similar to us and sometimes look different than us to make sure that we're creating the most inclusive space. Jim, as someone overseeing the chamber and therefore working with a lot of different businesses, how are you observing businesses empowering women or how are you doing that at the chamber? 
Well, I think that, um, you know, everybody recognizes nonprofits really um, play an important role in a vibrant community. Uh, what they what people might not realize is businesses also want to take a part in that and partner with the nonprofits to really um, to really strengthen the community and give back. Um, we've run a lot of programs to really to try to unite the two and try to bring them together. And one thing that we did at um, after the or during the pandemic, um, we were seeing you know there were businesses that were hurting, there were nonprofits that were struggling. Um, but we also saw these businesses and nonprofits really coming forward and stepping up and helping others. And, and, and we admired that and says, my gosh, here they're not thinking about themselves. They're trying to help other businesses, other nonprofits. So we actually came up with a Community Champions Award that we started. Um, and our hope was, it was in December that we started it, and our hope was that we would get enough nominations because we put it out to the public to honor someone every single day the month of January. And we just had our fingers crossed that we could do every single business day in the month of January. Well, when all the nominations came in, we had so many that we had to expand it to every single day in the month of January. Wow. And we went and we honored, um, like again, a business, an individual, a small uh, a, uh, nonprofit, um, and really did that. And it was such an overwhelming success that we've now incorporated it into what we do. And we had our second one this January. And again, same results. Um, there's just so many businesses trying to give back to the community. We're proud to be the conduit to help in that. So. Nonprofit organizations can exist without support from their communities. On the other hand, communities can't support an organization they're not aware of. Tom, what are some of the creative avenues you're exploring to better engage local communities with your initiatives and goals? Abby, you might not meet a person in your life that enjoys grassroots community outreach more than I do. And we certainly embody that as North Hills Community Outreach. Uh, we sometimes say that the only speeches we don't like are the ones we don't give, and the only tables we don't like are the ones that we don't sit at, even though you should stand at a table when you're at, a, at an outreach event, uh, if you are able. So uh, we love being out there in the community. Um, we're very fortunate to have a great ground game in all of the, uh, the neighborhoods and communities where we have office space, uh, which is terrific. Uh, we have farmer's markets that we attend every week. We have a table at every event that takes place in Millville, and even had a table at 32 concerts last summer at McCann's Crossing. Uh, so we, we love giving speeches as well. We're so thankful when our partners, when civic organizations, when places of worship are kind enough uh, to have us in to speak. Uh, we've been able to add a whole nother generation of vibrancy to our organization uh, over this last year through starting a Young Community Leaders Board. The YCLB uh, is now 30 members, which is great. And they also help us with these speeches, help us with these tabling events to, to get the word out. We were lucky last fall as well to have our Community Leaders Breakfast. We brought together 100 people in our Millvale office Sabrina Saunders-Mosby of Vibrant Pittsburgh was our keynote, and we had a terrific panel as well, uh, just as a chance to bring people together to thank them uh, for all the support they do uh, for NHO and that they give to our organization, and also just to help them connect with one another as well. Finally, I'll mention, I really appreciate this opportunity to be on your show. We do have our own podcast for North Hills Community Outreach uh, called Get to Know NHCO. It's out of our Millvale studios. 
which is basically just Jeff Geisler's office, our colleague. Uh, but we love having a podcast. We've now recorded over 12 episodes. It's a great way to feature our terrific partners and then also spotlight a staff member who's doing really great work with our organization. So, uh, Abby, we are active, we are engaged, and we are enthusiastic about this topic of having a strong grassroots outreach campaign to get the word out about North Hills Community Outreach. Sally, would you like to chime in? Sure. Um, one of the ways that we do is by supporting other people that are doing those like that breakfast. I was there. Uh, we we join together in promoting one another, and that's certainly an effective thing to do. Uh, we did an app, uh, an app that we can promote to people when we're doing crazy things. And at Treasure House, we we do a lot of craziness because the, life is hard. Life is hard. And so the more you can get people to laugh and really have fun, uh, the more they feel a connection to who you are and what you're doing. So yes, of course, we're a clothing place. So we dress up all the time. We can be Star Wars. We can be pirates. We can be dressed in the 80s, dressed in the 90s, dressed in the 70s. Uh, we just look for every opportunity to be uh, a little zany, a little out there. Because like I said, life can be tough. And when people are going through difficult times, they want to be able to laugh. And that's a good thing to do. But we also, one of the things Jim was saying about connecting the, the business world with the, the nonprofit world, we have something called um, a sponsored girls night out event in which we have a business that sponsors a girls night out. And we take 15 women and two staff people from one particular nonprofit. We bring them together at Treasure House. I give an intro speech and make it very clear that uh, they're going to have the same number of people from that sponsoring group and they are going to be their personal shoppers. But I make it very clear this is not harsh fashion police. This is someone who is there to fuss over you. They're here to listen to your story as much as you want to tell them and to just be your little lady in waiting. You are the important person, and I make those parameters very clear. But what I love the most is when we're all done, and the girls love it. I mean, literally, they just walk around together and shop and have a wonderful time. And of course, we had to kind of modify things from pandemic standpoint to keep things safe. We used to sit down and have a meal together. Now we do grab and go bags, uh, but hopefully that'll change soon. But at the end of the time, I talk with the personal shoppers and say to them, what happened tonight that you were surprised by? What happened that you were not expecting? And they'll say, I was amazed at her strength. Or my girl had her hand broken because her abuser didn't want her to work. Or my girl had... Uh, came here from Syria pregnant, but gave birth to a female, not a male. And so her husband abandoned her. Those are all situations that happen right here in our neighborhood. And I think the leveling thing about that is you realize she's no different than I am. And that's the beauty of bringing the business and the nonprofit together and to see that leveling experience of you're just like me, but for the grace of God, I could be in the situations you're in. And so it gives you not that um, 
that I'm a do-gooder and I'm going to help you because you're kind of pathetic right now. You're going through tough times, but it gives you that leveling human experience. Like, let's just be kind human beings to one another. Let's let's be caring for one another. Let's link arms together because we're in this life situation together. And that has been a beautiful thing to bring businesses and, and clients together in what could be more fun for women than to shop and eat together. So, I mean, no offense, guys, I'm sure you like to do that too, but that's our mission. And and that is that is really an effective tool to bring people together. And nothing is better than word of mouth. Nothing in, in spreading who you are and what you do. Nothing is more effective than having people leave there and saying, as a client, that was so fun. Or as a as a personal shopper, wow, she's just like me. And so those are the things that you really want to engage and have people get that heart dart feeling so that they can know what you're really all about. I'd like to chime in for a second, just because we have been recipients of the work that Sally does over at Hearth. And I just want to say again, echoing her thought process around being kind and being human. The future of leadership is radically human. We cannot go back to business as usual because it's just not going to be that way. And we have to make sure that we keep people first. So thank you, Sally, for all the work that you do. Well, obviously there is so much activity in creativity and nonprofits. And so for my last question today, I'd like to turn it to all of you. How would you define creativity and what does that look like for nonprofits in North Hills? Tom, do you want to start? Sure. Our team had to be incredibly creative when the pandemic started with the way that we adapted and revised our pantries. Uh, we are going to be going now to a, a hybrid system. Uh, in the past, people got to go in and shop and pick uh, the groceries and the items they wanted from our food pantries. Uh, we've been doing a drive-through for the better part of two years. So we'll be going creatively to a hybrid. We'll see how uh, if people, what they prefer out of the two options. It'll be interesting to see that. Uh, one of the innovative programs that we've created in the last year is NHCO On The Go. Uh, we uh, represent and work with uh, folks in 40 zip codes and 50 communities across Northern Allegheny County. Uh, with NHCO on the go, we go to communities that are part of our sphere of influence where we could be doing more. We could be connecting with more potential clients. Uh, as an example, uh, just recently we had one, we had a triple header on a Friday, which we'll be doing throughout all of 2022. Uh, we go to three different locations at 10, 12, and two. We partner with other organizations. And just recently we had 70 new potential clients come to NHCO on the go learn about our programming. We have service coordinators there who get to know them. They can then sign up for our other 19 programs and services, really utilizing food as a conduit to a conversation uh, you know, with, with North Hills Community Outreach. I'll just mention the power of partnerships too. We love working out of other offices, out of other organizations. We'll be announcing soon a partnership with Roots of Faith in Sharpsburg. Uh, we'll have a staff member there on a regular basis. We also do that with the Westview Hub. And we couldn't do what we do at North Hills Community Outreach without partners, including all three of my esteemed colleagues and friends that are part of your show here today, Abby. Marissa? Yes, and so in thinking about creativity, I actually have a background in financial services. That's where I spent the majority of uh, the first half of my career. And then I got smart and came over to the nonprofit side. Um, and so 
I think that, you know, my first customer is my employee. And so when I think about creativity, I think about how can I take care of the people that take care of the most vulnerable population? And so over the past year and a half, I've really been prioritizing how do we digitize performance management? How do we make sure that our staff feel cared for? Because people during this time frame have become extremely fragile. And maybe they were fragile before, but it was unpopular to actually show that. And so making sure that our people are the priority. Um, and then when I take care of my staff, what I've seen over the past year is the wheels are turning differently um, in thinking about how we take care of our clients. And so innovation and creativity are able to be born when you don't feel so stressed. And so what I will say to all of my nonprofit leaders out there, make sure you're pouring into your people and they will do the best work that they possibly can for you. Absolutely. Sally. I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But what I've also found is that uh, taking care of your people means modeling taking care of yourself. And that self-care is a really important issue. And there was a there was a a time when Tracy and I felt like a two-man team in a kayak going through the rapids and under the waterfalls. And we were like, ah. and so we shut down the shop for a weekend. And we sent out the newsletter saying, self-care is not selfish. Self-care is essential. And to model for people that you need to take care of yourself, it's okay. No is a, it, no is a complete sentence. It's okay to say no. And so modeling self-care is a really important thing for yourself, for your employees, for your clients and to let them know that it's it's okay. It's actually really good. In fact, um, we purposely don't have kids clothes at Treasure House Fashions. And the reason is if mama has a choice between herself and her kids, what does she do? Mama takes care of the kids. And so women are the heart of the home they're the heart of the community you take care of the women and you will you will all benefit from that but it's an important thing for women to realize and and guys too all of us to realize that it's important to know your worth and to value your own worth and to take care of yourself and in that in that abundance you overflow to saying oh now how can i take care of the people that are closest to me and then how can i encourage them to take care of the people that are next to them and jim the pittsburgh north regional chamber um, pre-pandemic was always known as a very active chamber we really tried to connect our members do a lot for them give them a, a, a plethora of different events and different things that that would um bring them together. And of course, when the pandemic hit, we had to throw that all out the window and we had to go virtual. So then, as everyone knows, for the first year or so, um, mostly everything was virtual. I think the good news, and a lot of our events had to change and some of them went by the wayside. Pre-pandemic, we were doing about 150 events a year, if you can believe that. Um, now, uh, we've had to adjust, but I think it's a, a healthy blend. So we've looked at some events that we can do virtual that actually makes sense virtual. We have other events though that are, are make much more sense doing in person. So, so in doing so, we're about a hundred events right now, some of them virtual, some of them in person. 
Um, and, and one other thing that I would like to mention too, is I think the pandemic really impressed upon us the importance of emphasizing shop local. And we really had to look at how can we really promote that? We really have to bring the community get together and make sure we support one another. So we got involved in things like the Cranberry Farmers Market. And it's gone very well. The first year that we were involved in it, we had about 5,000 people in the summer attend the event. Last year, it was over 16,000 people wow. attended um, the farmer's market. It's, it's across the summer. So um, we had the first year, we had 30-some vendors. Last year, we had over 60 vendors. You know, So it's things like that that we really had to look and say, okay, how can we change? How can we support the community? What are some things we can do to bring the entire community together, not just the businesses? But that's what we've done. Fabulous. Well, thank you everyone for such a wonderful discussion today. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Abby. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.